Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. And with Ryan Covey, I'm John Dickinson as we welcome you in Warriors Wrap-Up on a Tuesday night. And the Warriors complete a 3-1 and four-game road trip in Minnesota. They get it done tonight over the Timberwolves, 117 to 107, and it was a, a streaky game tonight, Ryan Covey. Uh, both teams with uh, some big-time runs uh, in the first quarter and, and the second quarter, and, and even coming out of the gate in the third quarter, uh, Minnesota on a big run after the Warriors had established uh, a halftime lead of 12. Uh, but when it's all said and done, a great bounce-back night for Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson shooting the basketball as Clay got going early. Steph joined the party in the third quarter. And a night where something you pointed out last night, when the Warriors are moving the ball and the assist total is high, this team is almost unbeatable. 39 assists tonight for the Warriors. Uh, on And they made 44 baskets. They had 39 assists. The turnover's got kicked around a little bit in the fourth quarter at one point they only had seven turnovers they wind up with 13 yeah still a three to one assist to turnover ratio and the ball movement tonight was crisp and when you think about the travel the back-to-back flying from san antonio up to minnesota getting into minnesota late uh, wanting to round off a a road trip uh you know in in a a solid fashion you got to kind of tip your hat to them Uh, and you know what's funny there was a lot of individual performances tonight that stood out, but just having Andre Iguodala back out there, that calming presence, like, you know, he's he's the dad of the of the group, right? And uh, I think that was a huge part of it. And I mean, what can you say about Steph? The guy will just mess around and have a 22-point quarter like it's nothing. Uh, and yeah. you give Minnesota credit for hanging around. Towns is a handful, uh, probably too much to ask of Andrew Bogut, considering everything that he's gone through, you know, in the last uh, week or so with the travel and the visa issues and thinking he's going to have time to uh, get ready in Oakland. And then it's no fly to San Antonio. We need you. And then it's so oh, now we're flying to Minnesota. And guess what? We need you to start and guard Carl Anthony Towns tonight. So uh, in that respect, Minnesota's been good at home. I mean, they were 23 and 10 coming in. Uh, they've definitely underachieved this year, but Target Center, not an easy place to get a win, particularly with all the travel. So you give the Warriors all the credit in the world. Yeah. And Minnesota won six consecutive home games. The Warriors stopped that little mini streak and Stephen Curry winds up with 36 points. You mentioned Andre Iguodala and him being back in the fold. Iguodala, a team best, plus 20. That's it. And and there you go. And it's just, he's out there. Good things happen. Uh, another Warrior that had a great night was somebody that hadn't been playing a whole heck of a lot of late. Really, the last couple of months hasn't been playing a lot. And that was Jonas Jerebko off the bench. 18 points. That's a Warriors high for him. He had 14 of those 18 in the second quarter. He was hot when he came into the game, and, and he just kept 
knocking them down all night long. Yeah, it was a good, nice game for Drebko. And we think about the strength and numbers mantra, J.D., and uh, we've talked a lot about the bench maybe not being as, as good as it's been in the past. Sure, the rotation will shorten up in the playoffs, but just to have other bodies that you can turn to. And, you know, early in the year, Jarebko had started with the big tip in. You figured, oh, this guy is the perfect fit. He can shoot. Uh, he can defend a little. You know, obviously not making a ton of cash. This is just the type of player that uh, you, you give Bob Myers credit for going out and finding. I mean, remember, he had that stretch in December, J.D., where he was in double figures, six and nine games, and that all kind of culminated with uh, with the game on December 22nd. And I went back and looked. That was the last time he'd been in double figures until tonight. So three months for Jarebko. And I know he had the birth of his baby, and uh, his wife did, of course. And Steve Kerr talked about he hadn't been in the rotation as much. But he also hadn't given Steve Kerr a lot of reasons to put him in the rotation and and give him meaningful minutes. So a good bounce back for Jarebko. Now for him, the key, of course, will be to build on this. Yeah, we talk about it all the time with this Warriors team. When they are fully healthy, and tonight they weren't, but when they are, there's a question of, well, who's going to be the odd man out because you can't play everybody every night. And I right. think sometimes Warriors fans want everybody to play every night and everybody to just pop in and contribute when called upon. And I think that's that's something that's certainly easier said than done. But tonight with the second of the back-to-back and the Warriors playing a lot of games in a short period of time, Jarebko was called upon and he was ready to play in what was a, a pretty loose game, I think, uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are not a great defensive team and the Warriors were very comfortable early uh, and able to knock down shots 19 three-pointers for the Warriors tonight 19 for 42 that's much more like what we're used to seeing from this team on the high end Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson combining for 12 of 24 so just your basic (laughs) ho-hum 12 three-pointers made on 50% shooting uh, in the Warriors' 117-107 win over the Timberwolves. So a 3-1 and road trip. I think if you had asked any Warriors fan at the beginning of this trip and asked the Warriors players at the beginning of this trip, would you take 3-1 and knowing you're playing Houston, OKC, San Antonio, who's as hot as anybody in the league now, yeah. and then having to go all the way up to Minnesota uh, on the fourth game of the trip at a back-to-back, that crazy back-to-back going straight up north from San Antonio, almost the, the southernmost point to the northernmost point, essentially, uh, in the NBA, uh, at least in the middle of the country. Uh, it's an impressive, impressive feat. 888 Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. It's John Dickinson, Ryan Covey here on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, and I'll tell you, right now you're looking for – uh, you know, contributions from up and down that lineup, getting that bench going a, a little more. And, you know, you, you think about last night. We, we talked about it, the, the fact that they got plenty of open looks. They just didn't hit their shots. And Kerr talked about it post game last night and even in the shoot around today during Coach's show with Tim Roy. Uh, he, he, there wasn't some grandiose takeaway from that game last night other than they just didn't hit their threes. Well, what have we seen under this, you know, Steve Kerr led Warriors team? They're resolute, and they bounce back after losses. And tonight was just a classic example. The Steph and Clay both being rel- you know pretty cold in one night. That's rare in, in its own right, where both of those guys are going to have off-shooting nights. That's what happened in San Antonio. They both got it going tonight. And the thing that I loved, in the first quarter, you know, Warriors got off to a, a quick start. I think they're up 5 nothing, something along those lines. And then Minnesota, you know, they put it on them. Yeah. Uh, they, they had that really nice stretch in the first quarter, and I thought Clay was key uh, getting him going, hitting a couple threes. He had he got fouled uh, beyond the three-point line, so he had the three free throws. I think he only made 
made two of them. Then Steph hits a couple of threes, and you could just sense a little bit of intent tonight. And, you know, when this team takes a loss, you know, they, they've got that bad taste in their mouth. And I know we talked about, uh, Kurt talked about it after the Suns loss, when they, quote, feel threatened, uh, they tend to bounce back like that. And this is just another classic example of the Warriors having that championship-level resolve. Yeah, Clay Thompson, 28 points, 15 in the first quarter. He was 5-for-5 five five shooting, hit his first five shots uh, of the ball game tonight. And you mentioned the streaky nature of things. 7-2 Warriors at the jump. And then it was 13 to 7 Minnesota actually got all the way pushed out to 22 to 9 Timberwolves a 20 to 2 Minnesota run but then the Warriors would answer that 20 to 2 run with a 21-5 run of their own to finish the first quarter so the Warriors all said and done up 3 at the end of the quarter, uh, and then it was just uh, one of many runs. I mean, back and forth throughout the, the game tonight. But to, for the Warriors to be up three at the end of that first quarter after taking a 20-2 to two run on the chin was really the first time you thought it was going to be a good night for Golden State. Yeah, and you know, you just look at Minnesota. Here's a team that's underachieved this year. Uh, they didn't have Derrick Rose tonight, and Boy, Carl Anthony Towns is such a handful. And I, I you know, I don't want to use this as the uh the kind of the, the tape as to where Andrew Bogut's at right now because, you know, with all the travel and you know, the fact that he didn't even know he was gonna play. But Towns definitely uh when when they were met, uh, marked up tonight, Towns definitely got the better yeah. of as you might expect. Yeah. But wasn't uh, the same Bogut tonight as last night, but that but that's okay. For sure. And but there was a couple of moments. Bogut had that really nice behind the back pass and just you could still tell he's so comfortable playing with these guys, playing with Steph, playing with Clay, playing with Draymond, and there's no that familiarity there. And I think that's only going to you know, stand to, to continue to grow and, and materialize. Hopefully you won't need Bogut to play a ton of minutes, but, hey, it's a nice insurance policy if you do need him. Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. It's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey, 888-957-9570, That's the phone number to participate in the program. Uh, if you want to weigh in uh, on this one, the Warriors 117-107 winners at Minnesota as they bounce back from the loss last night in San Antonio and bounce back from really their worst loss of the season before they went on this four-game road trip going back a week ago Sunday at home to the Phoenix Suns, the, just the type of loss you haven't seen from this team in the Steve Kerr era, and you're thinking, well, what's going to happen now? You're going to play Houston. You're going to play Oklahoma City. You're going to play San Antonio. I mean, that could be the three teams you face on your way to the NBA Finals sure. and and teams that are all playing well. Now the Spurs have played much better and pushed their way out of that, that maybe first-round matchup, at least for now, although it's very close. Uh, but for the Warriors to go 3-1 and, and and especially to take those first two and, and essentially play a game last night in San Antonio where it's, it's a simple game to write off. Well, they didn't make shots. Right. You, you like the way they played. But they just didn't make shots. If they make shots, they're going to win a game like that. I thought they played with a similar intent tonight, and the shots went down, and there you go. You get that result flipped around. Yeah, and this is just textbook Warriors efficiency. I mean, the assist totals, uh, just the way they move the ball, the movement off the ball. At times, I thought defensively they weren't totally engaged. No, that's true. We've seen this. there. There'll be stretches of the game where they're basically just content to trade buckets with the opposition, and, and they know that 
when it get, you know kind of when the rubber meets the road JD in crunch time when they need to put it together for a 3 minute stretch here a 5 minute stretch there they're able to do it and and that was really the key tonight yeah the well. 20 to 2 run in the first quarter was a layup line in large part for for the Timberwolves sure. that that was not uh good defense but i i think you're right the warriors knew in this game that offense was going to flow for the most part and and that they you know sometimes there's games you just you get the impression that the Warriors believe they know they can get 120 or close to it, mm-hmm. and the opposition's going to have a hard time keeping up, even if they lock in a little bit here and there. And I thought tonight was was kind of that type of game for this Warriors. For team. sure, it's almost like first to 120 wins, and oh yeah, by the way, we're going to play just enough defense to choke you off under 110. Yeah, and then you know we'll probably put you away. And you know, I looked at the splits before the game of you know Minnesota wins versus losses, and when they lose, I mean they tend to give up a lot of points. Uh, that's typically uh, been been their downfall, and so obviously the Warriors were very well aware of that. And uh, I just I, I felt like you know after the way that they played last night, where like you said, it wasn't necessarily that they played bad they just didn't make shots uh, but a, a team this good they're going to come around and, and you wouldn't expect them to you know go in any kind of prolonged shooting slump especially I mean it's so rare for Steph and Clay to be off on the same night because let's face it JD even if one of those guys is going last night they probably win this game now ultimately they were both going tonight and I, I just think too the, the rest of the team just feeds off of that so much like when Steph and Clay are hitting their shots that's when the Warriors are just kind of I don't know switched on if you will and that kind of permeates through the rest of the squad because you know then they're making the extra pass they're not forcing the issue because I feel like maybe like we saw this in the first quarter specifically in San Antonio last night they're trying to get Clay going as opposed to just letting it come naturally in the flow of the offense not forcing the issue tonight I mean 39 assists is the clearest indicator to me that it wasn't even about like who's getting the last look it's just get somebody to the open look and knock it down well and if anybody's taking a step back the last couple of games, at least in terms of you know taking shots, it's been Kevin Durant, and we yeah. we thought he was a little bit quiet last night uh, and and uninvolved. I, I thought it seemed that way tonight. Although when you look at the way the game played out, only thirteen shots for Durant, who can get in really anywhere and mm-hmm. and be relatively efficient. He could be seven for thirteen like he was tonight. He could be 11 for 22 if you need him to be. <laughs> sure. Uh, but nine assists from Kevin Durant. So it was more Durant, I don't want to say the facilitator, but just making the smart basketball play and keeping the, the ball moving, whereas at times the ball gets thrown to Kevin Durant and maybe it sticks and he might score half the time or more uh, when the ball sticks. But it, it seems these last two games there's been almost a concerted effort by Kevin Durant to keep it moving, it makes me wonder if maybe there was a conversation had uh, between Steve Kerr and Durant about that sort of thing, which has happened from time to time, including uh, the, the conversation that Steve Kerr didn't want out that was broadcast during the Western Conference Finals where Kerr was telling Durant, hey, trust your teammates, sure. Move, you know, keep keep the ball movement, it'll, it'll come back to you, and you'll be able to get yours in the context of everything. I think we've seen a little bit more of that Durant these last two nights. Yeah, and when KD, like you said, if you kick it to KD and it goes kind of KD iso ball, he's he's probably going to score, you know, at least half the time. So 
you, you'll take that, but what that does is it gets the Warriors out of their flow offensively, and I think collectively that, that has them playing a different style that isn't them at their very best. So I think there's definitely something to that. And I, I think this game in particular, I mean, the Warriors putting up 42 three-pointers, when they're hitting out on the perimeter like this, and, you know, it, KD even realizes, and he was 3 of 6 from downtown, but, you know, when, when Steph's hitting threes, uh, Clay, even Jarebko, 3 of 4, I mean, the, the team went 19 of 42 from three-point range. So they didn't need KD to operate uh, in the block tonight, you know, ISO and one-on-one. It was just... Let's keep that ball moving around on the perimeter, maybe even a little inside-outside. There was a lot of back cutting and then, you know, kicking out to the open three-point shooter. So uh, when you're having this kind of success on the perimeter, you don't need Kevin Durant doing the KD ISO game down on the block. You just don't. And Kevin Durant hit some big shots down the stretch as the 20-point lead uh, got chopped in half, essentially. The Warriors wind up winning at 111 to 107, but they needed a few key buckets in the final, let's say, four or five minutes of the game just to make sure that it didn't get uh, a little too hairy uh, you know, at the very, very end. It looked like a game where maybe the starters weren't going to come back as well, but yeah. I think we're just well beyond. Yeah, those are the Warriors of yesteryear, yeah, I just think we're well beyond that being the case. I mean, you, yeah. is Curry going to come back? You don't know, but nope, sure enough. He was going to have to come back into the game. Yeah, and, you know, KD ends up playing 35 minutes tonight. Clay played 38 minutes tonight. I mean, that's that's a pretty heavy load for him. And, you know, we, we were talking, just going back to Jarebko for a moment and, uh, you know, his, his role kind of taking a backseat. I mean, if you think about it, there's 240 minutes to go around in a basketball game, you know, five five positions at 48 minutes. And, you know, if you if you take off the top what Curry, Clay, KD, and Draymond are all going to play, whether it's, you know, th- probably an average of 33 minutes collectively between the four of them. I mean, really, and then you get an Igu- uh, Iguodala and Livingston get their fill, uh, you know, when Livingston's playing. And, and there's only so many minutes left over at that point, and somebody's got to be playing the five the whole time. So guys like Jarebko, guys like McKinney, uh, Jordan Bell, Quinn Cook, these guys, you know, they're they're going to be used maybe intermittently. and But I think it'll be key, J.D., if as long as the Warriors are hopefully have their that top seed locked up or you know at least holding off Denver to the point where hey look you know we can we can rest some of these guys on back to backs I think a lot of these uh these reserve guys provided they show Kerr that he you know he can put them out there uh he's going to continue to to keep integrating these guys into the mix down the stretch if nothing else to to give some of his uh his big time players a little rest the other thing the Warriors win does tonight is it pushes them back a half game ahead of the Nuggets for the top spot in the Western Conference of the Warriors at 48 and 22 that puts them uh, through 70 games now on the season so 12 games to go Warriors at 48 and 22 the Nuggets idle tonight 47 and 22 are the Nuggets and again those two teams play at Oracle Arena two weeks from tonight actually April 2nd on a Tuesday night so we'll see where the standings sit at that point if the Warriors win that game however uh, it'll be twofold. It'll it'll be a, a two game swing, and mm-hmm. they'll have the tiebreaker as well. So you'll extend the lead, series, yeah. And it'll be tougher for the Nuggets because at that point they would uh, have to pass you. Warriors wrap up brought to you by Realtor dot com, the home of home search. It's JD and Covey with you here until nine o'clock uh, on ninety five seven the game. And let's get to the phone lines, and we'll start with Renegade. Uh, Renegade joins us here, and when we are joined by the fans. It's brought to you by Nation's Giant Hamburgers, the best since 1952. Hey, Renegade, how are you? I'm you some right now. This that uh, I love Nation's Hamburger. I just wish that uh, 
I could uh, subtract a little bit of the, uh, the the calories from it, but I'm always feeling good. I'm always getting my nation hamburgers on days that I call. But, uh, hey, listen, the Renegade's got a problem with the media. And, look, I realize you can't go on Twitter. You can't cuss everybody out. Cause you can't call everybody a dummy. But this thing, this love affair with Andrew Bogut, and, and like I said, you know, in, in the old days you could go to the, uh, you know, the warrior sponsor for the big and tall men. Because you'd always be in the playoffs. You could you could count on him spending four or five games on the uh, uh, on the disabled list, sitting there looking good, a real nice uh, Ruth Atkins suit. But uh, when I see somebody like the the, the Warriors uh, uh, lady, the sideline reporter, talking about how nice it looked to see Bogut giving advice to Bell and Bogut giving advice to uh, uh, to Looney, just kind of makes me sick. The guy came in; he's a good player. But I don't know how all of a sudden Andrew Bogut leaves for two years, spends most of it on the disabled list, and comes back, and the media treats him like it's the return uh, 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 of the Sultan of Swat or uh, you know, the <laughs> prodigal son returns. Do they wow. forget how many times you spent on the injured list? All right, Renegade, appreciate the call. A lot to chew on there. Seven years ago today, by the way, the trade was consummated for Andrew Bogut. Uh, did help him solidify a position of need for this franchise for how many years, J.D.? Yeah. And helped him win a title, so there's that. And uh, what's uh, wrong with a veteran talking to some young players? Come on, yeah, come on no, Renegade. No issue with no issue with him showing a little bit of leadership with, with a couple all. of guys there. Look, I'll put it this way, and I'll let you weigh in on how you th- – I, I don't think he was very good tonight. I, he made a couple of plays. I don't think he was very good tonight. I he was pretty good last night. That's so I, there you go. At the outset, and, yeah. and you look at you know you look at the box score tonight. He played 13 minutes. So okay, big deal. He played what 19 minutes last night. He's probably going to play less than that when Demarcus Cousins comes back, and Cousins is supposed to come back on Thursday night against Indiana. Uh, as far as the media, you know, I I will, and I and I think you nailed it as as to why there's a little bit of sentiment. Sentimental sure, nostalgia sentiment, around this. Yeah, there's nostalgia, sentimentality toward the fact that, you know, he was a guy that helped them win a championship in 2015 and flipped the franchise's fortunes around. But I, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with Renegade just a, just a little bit that I do think the discussion about his impact has been a little bit overblown. But what else do we have to chew on at this point? I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's you're not allowed. People uh, get up in arms if you talk about perceived shortcomings with this team. So then, if you want to talk about something positive, I was like, well, that's not relevant. So you you can't make everybody happy, JD. That's the bottom line. I think the biggest uh, takeaway that I have there is Renegade going third person. And to me, like, what are we doing there? Really, the Renegade has a problem with that. Well, that's the that's usually an instant disqualification. Yeah, but we wanted like, to come on. We wanted to give him a little bit of room. <laughs> much, little... much love, Renegade. A nice shout out for Nations, though. I do enjoy a good Nations hamburger as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coach P in Fremont is up next here on ninety-five-seven. The game. What's up, Coach P? Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? How y'all doing? Good. All right. First of all, uh, you know, Renegade. He usually comes pretty cool, man. I don't know where he was going there, man, but you know, maybe he'll bounce back on the next call. Warrior, Renegade, whatever, out of Antioch or whatever. You know what I mean? But much love, though. But real quick, uh, on this win, you know, this is this is a business trip, man. You know what I mean? You had to get three out of one, three out of four done. Two and two would have – I mean, yeah, that would have been nice, but you still would have had the kind of, you know, the head scratch and the, I don't know, you know what I mean? You still would have had those. Um, I don't really expect, like, a, a dramatic blowout. It seemed like the Warriors got up by enough. 
Timberwolves uh, scratched and crawled back in. Warriors got up by enough. But, you know, they got the job done. Three out of four, I think that's what everyone kind of seen was going to happen these next four. Or really, well, not really because before this road trip, we didn't know what they were going to do. They were kind of coming off that Suns loss. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm kind of back on board. And, you know, I was given a lot of kind of criticism, you know, about them earlier and all this and that, about what's going on in the locker room and stuff like that. Look, I'm seeing joy. The only one I'm still questionable about is Kevin Durant because he still kind of looks like he, I don't know, he, something just looks up with him. But overall, these guys know what time it is. It's time to take care of business. It's time to go on this run, go in the offs and take care of business and get this uh, third ring in a row, four or five years. I'm loving it. And uh, shout-out to the Ace fans. They're going to stay up tonight. Let's go, Oakland. Go. <laughs> Appreciate like it, it, Coach P. Look, three and one's a great trip. Two, two and two would have been acceptable depending upon how it looked. You know, I, I think there weren't a lot of people that thought they were going to go in and win the game in Houston. Just, I think, the recency bias of losing the game at home to Phoenix, even though the Warriors have been tremendous on the road. And look, they, they've been a better team on the road. We, we talk about this every night, home and away, on, on Warriors wrap-up. Golden State now 20-5 and five in their last 25 road games. And the Warriors, with the victory tonight, improved to 24-12 and 12 overall. Uh, so they're 24 and 10 at home. They're 24 and 12 uh, on the road. Uh, so again, anytime you have the same record home and away, that means you're better on the road because your home record should be significantly better, especially the home court advantage that the Warriors have. Yeah, and you look at a team like the Timberwolves who have underachieved this year. They're pretty damn good at home. They were 23 and 10 coming in to this game, but awful on the road. And championship teams went on the road. There's a there's a business-like uh, demeanor about this team, and they've always gotten uh, whatever you want to call it, a sick satisfaction of going into an opposing gym and just sending everybody home unhappy. But I think there is, you know, at home, there's a, a bit of a tendency to entertain the fans because I won't call it complacency by any stretch, but maybe just a little bit of boredom and maybe just a little bit of, hey, we need to get through these 82 regular season games. we got to entertain ourselves somehow. So I think there's a little something to that. And, you know, when you see these periods where they lack a little bit of that focus, unfortunately, because they've set the bar so high, J.D., and they really don't have an equal, uh, it's really they have to, to find new ways to challenge themselves on a nightly basis. And I think that's part of it. Uh, but this team on the road, just a, a complete, just business-like killer mentality. Just want to just send that, you know, send those home fans, uh, you know, disappointed and and just keep that place real quiet, except for those Warriors fans scattered throughout the gym when when Curry or, or you know one of those guys does something incredible. They really get a nice uh, sick satisfaction in that. Yeah, there's a built-in motivation anytime you're playing on the road that that just isn't there at Oracle, regardless of the final year in Oakland, the final year at Oracle. I mean, look, I think the Warriors want to win those games too, but the reality of the situation is they. I think that's where maybe the league catching up a little bit mm-hmm. coincides with you know other teams come into Oracle and they get juiced by the atmosphere and and want to you know show the Warriors they've got a little something for them. And I also think you know we forget at Oracle so many times throughout the years the Warriors would win games there. With one big run, yeah. Either they'd get up big at the end of the first quarter; it'd be forty to nineteen or something crazy, and the game would basically be over. They would have a massive third quarter yep. or a big run right before halftime, where Curry would go off, you know, kind of like he did tonight in the third quarter. He'd go off for twenty and a quarter, and the place just is on fire, and you put the game away. And I think what we've seen is 
those runs just haven't been there as consistently. Because there were a lot of games where the Warriors were kind of going through the motions, whatever, Oracle, and then boom, they just hit you with a tidal wave, and at the end of the night, it's platitudes on top of platitudes on top of platitudes. I actually don't think the way the Warriors have played at Oracle is as dramatically different as it's been in previous years as much as those big runs just haven't been there to save them and win the game and change the narrative coming out of it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There was a there was really two kinds of Warriors games back in the day. They go on a big run and the the game's DOA, it's over, it's time to start bringing in the reserves or maybe the team has a faint pulse and could fight back in it if they slip. I think the main difference JD is uh they don't have that same intent defensively and you can't have 25 to three runs without getting stops on the defensive end. And uh, I think at times they're more content to just trade buckets with the opposition as opposed to getting stops, getting out in transition and, and having those, you know, scoring barrages that come with the effort on both ends of the floor, getting the stops defensively. Eight at eight, nine, five, seven, nine, five, seven, zero, triple eight, nine, five, seven, nine, five, seven, zero. It's John Dickinson, Ryan Covey here. Warriors wrap up on 95, seven, the game we're brought to you by realtor.com, the home of home search warriors win at Minnesota. Minnesota, 117 to 107. So the Warriors complete a three and one road trip. We mentioned it before. They've now won 20 of their last 25 games away from Oracle Arena. They now lead the season series with the Timberwolves 3 0. They're actually going to play in Minnesota again next Friday. So think about that. 10 days <laughs> from tonight, they're going to be uh, in Minnesota. Warriors have won the season series against the Timberwolves now for 10 consecutive games. Seasons. We'll keep it moving. Uh, more of your phone calls coming up. Uh, we'll also hear uh, from some of the victorious Warriors from the Target Center in Minnesota as Warriors wrap-up rolls on here on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Warriors win tonight in Minnesota, 117-107. You heard it, of course, right here on 95.7 The Game. It is Warriors Wrap-Up. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey with you until 9 o'clock here on 95.7 The Game. And then Covey's sticking around. Butcher boy Joe Shasky's going to be stepping in. And then you guys uh, you guys are just going to keep it moving for another three hours all the way uh, till tomorrow here That's on 95.7 The Game. All the way to the stroke of midnight. Then I turn into a pumpkin. I don't know what happens to Butcher Boy at midnight. But, yeah, we'll, uh, we got a lot to get into for sure. It's got to be something less desirable than turning into a pumpkin, I would imagine. For sure. Absolutely. Maybe not. 888-957-9570. 888 <laughs> 957-9570. John Dickens and Ryan Covey. Again, still time for some phone calls here. We'll get to our play of the game coming up uh, in a moment as well. But first, let, let's go ahead and hear from Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson uh, really kept the Warriors in this one early. 15 points in the first quarter, knocked down his first five shots, and uh, he finishes with 28 points, 4 of 10 from 3. And here's Clay after the ball game. I don't know. I think we just... That's a good question. I don't know what sparked it, but I'm happy we did it. And the assist-to-turnover ratio was phenomenal. If we can do that the rest of the way to the playoffs, we will definitely solidify this number one seed. Yep, this was a tough road trip. I go three and one. You got to be happy with that. Was it just kind of a matter of time to push that out of quarter like that? Yeah, I know. 
think he's struggling or something. I don't get it, but he's been playing phenomenal, and he's the, the engine that makes us go. So you think the mindset, how you guys are finishing this year, is different from how you guys close? your sticker, by the way. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Wow. What was the question, though? Yeah. You just say that the mindset and how you guys are closing this year is different than the mindset you had to close the regular season. Agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it helps everyone healthy. Last year, we were real banged up. And we were, we didn't have the number one seed in reach. Rockets had that. And this year, it's in our it's our destiny. We control our own destiny. So that's also extra motivation. Well, obviously, the West is stacked this year. As probably always it's always stacked. Yeah. yeah. But um, how much importance do you attach like trying to draw the most favorable matchup in the first round? Uh, I mean, I would like to stay close to the Bay. So LA would be nice because you don't have to travel far. But other than that, you can't really care. You can't put too much thought in that because you have to face the best to get to a championship. And whoever's in front of you, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be the AC, the two seed, three seed. You're going to have to go through the best. So you you don't put much thought into that at all. A World Cup draw has been completed. Are you going to be there for the Team USA? I'm not sure. you got to ask me after the, the, the finals. I don't have a good answer for you just because a lot can happen between now and then. It's an honor to represent my country. It's always fun to go play in China. But, uh, yeah, come ask me that in a couple months. A few months. All right, so Clay Thompson answering a number of different questions from different angles. China Clay in the house, J.D. They love him in China. Absolutely. And, and Clay with another one of those low-key responses when asked about Stephen Curry's 22-point third quarter. Yeah, it's just it, forever. It's no panic. Clay is always the picture of calmness and just what a treat. And I know I was low key, but slightly annoyed for sure. <laughs> well, because you know it's almost like scoffing at the insinuation that you know something could possibly be off with Steph. And I, I think when you look at where Steph was playing, like early in the year before he got hurt, I mean, remember that first chunk of games, JD. I mean, he was just incredible, and uh, you know the three point percentage has slipped somewhat, but. It's it's one of those where you look at the overall body of work and, you know, it might be easy to look at a 10-game stretch here, or, you know, five-game stretch there. But overall, I mean, the guy's still having a, a, a phenomenal season. Yeah, and look, Stephen Curry was fantastic in the third quarter. 22 points in the quarter, including the final 14 Warriors points. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So 91-75 Warriors at the end of that third quarter. And, and Steph really, I mean, flipped the game, uh, honestly, uh, in that quarter. You look at the 14-2 to start for Minnesota, and then the Warriors wound up with a 14-1 to run right off of that to push it uh, right back up to 75-62, and that's that's really when the Warriors took control of the game for good. Yeah, and it was a, a game of runs for sure. You know, when I'm looking at uh, at Minnesota, clearly Carl Anthony Towns is a hell of a player, but man, when I watch Wiggins, he just leaves me wanting so much more because, yeah. you know, a guy that athletic, uh, you would expect him to just have taken that next step. I mean, hell, I, I had Minnesota coming into last season as the team that I had pictured to you know, kind of take that next step. And it just, it hasn't materialized. And, you know, they brought in Jimmy Butler, and then that just face-planted. Yeah. And- well, they, they couldn't do anything without Jimmy Butler. And then they got Jimmy Butler, and they made it to the eighth spot. And they would have been better if he hadn't been hurt. But he he 
was the reason they rose to another level, not Wiggins or Towns. And then he didn't want to be a part of it anymore. Right. He gets himself 86, and all of a sudden they basically go back to where they were before Jimmy Butler was there, which yeah. is you know a, a middling, low to mid 30s kind of a win team. That that you know that says something about both of those guys, honestly, that they can't be a 500 team. Uh, you know, just the two of them together, and they haven't been able to. I, I've been down on Wiggins, though, for a while, yeah. I, 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 to the point where when they got Butler, I think where they aired was when they got Jimmy Butler, they should have traded Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. yeah like, they, what, they, before they, everybody knew that he's a guy that can't win you 41 games is your second-best player because yeah. that's a problem to your value when you're making max kind of money. That's it, and I, I've – I think Minnesota felt like, hey, adding Jimmy Butler to this mix could be that missing piece to get the rest, you know, the best out of these guys. And, and know, it might have been if you actually along. liked him or respected him. <laughs> but see, the problem is, you know, now you look at Jimmy Butler. I, 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 I'm not over the moon about Jimmy Butler. I know he's a hell no, of a player. No, I'm not either. Player. But compared to those two, for sure. Yeah, when you know when you come out of it looking like kind of the good guy and all of it. Yeah, when you, you go to Philly like and can't guy. get along. That's that's on you for sure. But. Yeah. Well, it's like, and it's another chance for Jimmy Butler to to be the you know potentially that veteran missing piece to help show a young group with a, a ton of potential how to take that next step. Didn't you know in Chicago that that was going wrong for a, a myriad of reasons, but didn't happen in Minnesota, and it was almost like Philly was like, well. We know he's still pretty damn valuable. He's still a pretty good defender, and you know he can be obviously a tremendous asset. I don't think Butler has the potential to be like the top player on an elite level team. Uh, but you know, going back to Wiggins, I mean, you just with the guy with his innate ability, the athleticism, his quickness. And tonight, I just felt like he just settled for all these bad shots. And like you know, you talk about ball movement. I mean, Wiggins, he's not looking to to give that ball up when he gets it. He's kind of like a black hole uh when he gets the ball in his hands and everything just stagnates out and uh for a guy with his skill set you would expect a whole hell of a lot more from him well and he just can't knock down the three consistently and tonight one for eight you look at him seven for 11 from two at that point yeah he just kind of gets his 20 and he does it in an unremarkable way and it's it's sort of defense optional and it's it's just unimpressive and i think unfortunately for minnesota they're in a spot now where they probably could have dealt him a couple of years ago because yeah, it's not everybody then. would have known what he is. Sure, yeah. Now I think everybody knows what Andrew Wiggins is, and he becomes a guy that that you're you're closer to being stuck with. Yeah, I the word the words out on Wiggins for sure, and uh, just on Jarebko for a moment. And this the the Warriors bench in general. I mean, they had a stretch JD where they had been outscored. I think it was uh, fourteen straight games they had been outscored, and then uh, and oh, it was thirteen straight games, and then they actually outscored. Houston's bench by two points to snap that streak. They got OKC by one point. Bench uh, was great on this trip. Yeah, and then uh, San Antonio, they got had a little bit 41-25, to 25, but it was more a product of guys on the Spurs bench beasting as opposed to the Warriors bench not showing up. But then tonight, I mean, just Jarebko scoring alone, uh, Jarebko nearly outscored the, the T-Wolves bench on his own. It was Jarebko at 18, the T-Wolves bench had 19. So uh, definitely uh, tonight you saw just some of the real stark differences between between where the Warriors are at collectively and, and where a team like the Timberwolves are. No, you're absolutely right. Jarebko made it a great night for the Warriors bench tonight. You, you, I'm just going back, looking at, you know, we talked about it last night. Looney played well last night. McKinney played well last night. Quinn Cook played well last night. You go back to the game uh, in 
uh, Oklahoma City as well. The bench played well. Guys knocked down some big shots. So this was a good trip for the Warriors bench, a bench that's much maligned uh, when this team doesn't win games. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Still time for a couple of more phone calls. We're also going to hear from Kevin Durant and Jonas Jerebko. We got your play of the game coming up, too. It's J.D. and Covey. Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey with you for another 15 minutes here. We're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Warriors get it done in Minnesota to cap a 3-1 and road trip. 117-107 to is the final tonight uh, as Stephen Curry goes for 36 points on 12 of 21 shooting, 8 of 14 from 3. And Curry had 22 of those 36 uh, in a third quarter that saw the Warriors uh, a 14-1 to run to take control of this one en route to the 10-point victory tonight. So Golden State improves to 48-22 and next three uh, on the Oracle Hardwood for this Warriors squad as they will take on the Pacers on Thursday. The Mavericks are in on Saturday, and it's a home back-to-back with the Detroit Pistons coming in on Sunday, the final two games of that homestand are the 5:30 tips, as are all of the regular season weekend games, both Saturday and Sunday. And you know you'll be able to hear all those games, of course, here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors dished out 39 assists tonight with 13 turnovers. Warriors now 26 and four, Covey on the year when they have at least 30 assists, as the Warriors assisted on their first 18 baskets of the ball game tonight. That's incredible. And there was just such a feeling of intent with this team. Even when Minnesota went on their little run, uh, the ball movement was still crisp, and that just carried over. Where they have 18 assists in the first half and uh, kept that going in the second half. Just th- that line of demarcation for the dubs. You hit 30 dimes, uh, you're, you're essentially unbeatable. You know, uh, just to go back to the sound we heard from Clay Thompson when he was asked yeah. about Steph, and, and Steph was incredible tonight, no question, and I don't think that uh, this is some big concern, but if just you look just simply by the numbers, there has been a, a, a dip in his shooting form. Uh, I'll just break it down. Pre All Star and post All Star, uh, going into the All Star game, he had been shooting forty four point four percent from three point range, forty eight point eight percent from the floor. Now the forty four point four percent from three point range that is an insane clip. Like that's that's not even that's superhuman. Uh, but since the All Star break, thirty six point six percent from three point range. So there's uh, nearly an eight percentage point drop there. And then uh, from the floor, he's dipped from forty eight point eight percent down to just forty. Uh, since the All-Star break. So there has been a a bit of slippage uh, with the shot from Steph, but still plenty of time to get it right. And Curry has historically been a player that's actually ramped it up as the season has gone on, if you look at at, at his numbers Mm -hmm. over the course of his career. So that is a little bit uh, of a different turn. Tonight, though, Curry's 25th 30-point game of the season as he finished with the 36 that we mentioned, the 22 in the third quarter. Curry also went over the 300 three-pointers made mark tonight with the eight. So he went from, what, 295 to 303 tonight. Uh, This is the third uh, season where he's hit at least 300. Of course, he hit 400, uh, over 400 a couple of years ago. James Harden, the only other player uh, in NBA history 
to do that, and he he did it this season as well. Yeah, and Harden, uh, what he just set the record for most three point attempts in a season tonight. I mean, Harden, he's just been chucking them up like they're going out of style. Uh, that's. Boy, James Harden's game, man. Uh, let me ask you this. I, I wanted to ask you about Harden quickly. Uh, do you think James Harden makes his teammates better, J.D.? Like the way that we've seen the, the true greats of the game, uh, their impact is felt by the performance of so many people around him. Do you feel like yeah. Harden is the kind of guy that makes his teammates that much better? Yeah, I do. I, I do because they play – I mean, they have Chris Paul, who's who's talented, and, and they basically use those guys in similar fashion. Mm-hmm. But regardless of who has the ball, I think that player makes everybody better. He gets shots for Capella. He gets open looks for, for guys like Eric Gordon and, and some of their other three-point shooters. Just because to, the amount of attention to, paid to Harden. Yeah, to me, it's That's just fair. they've got a bunch of randoms on their team. It's yeah. it's Harden and Paul <laughs> and, a, and a bunch of randoms and a couple of guys off the street. And I think yeah. that's actually – a testament too to Mike D'Antoni. I mean, he's able to get, you know, guys in there that they can just run around and shoot the three and be physical and athletic and, and get the job done. But no, I, I think Harden absolutely makes players better around him because of the attention. He just does it in, in a different way, you know, pounding the rock, you know, over and over and over. But I think, you know, the assist totals that he's been able to mount up these last couple of years, he's basically a point guard. I know he's a two guard, but he's basically yeah. a point guard the way. Yeah, he's got uh, the ball in his hand so much. The way that they use. Let's get to our play of the game. Sure. It's time for the play of the game. He got it! Tune in tomorrow morning to Steinmetz and Guru at 1030 for your chance to win $100. Now, here's the play of the game. Andre, no good. Back outside to Curry. Curry fires for three. Got it! That's number 300 for Steph Curry of the season. It's the third time in his illustrious career that he has over 300 threes in a season. 80 to 68 Warriors. All right, so know the play of the game tomorrow at 1030. Steiny and Guru will call for it. And if you're the correct caller, when they call for it uh, tomorrow morning at 1030 and you know the play of the game, you're going to win at least $100. Ooh, I could use that. At least $100. All right. Sometimes. It rolls over. Sometimes guys will mess that up yeah. somehow. Because why would you be calling if you don't know? <laughs> Just trying to get through, baby. And, and Get through and then take a shot. That's it. Shoot your shot. Isn't that what the Young Bucks say, That's J.D.? It. Yeah, shoot, shoot your shot, baby. Shoot your shot. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, he if you know the play of the game tomorrow, you win. I, I think it's 100. I think they had a winner off of the game last night. It's uh, still today. a crispy C note, baby. It was an easy one last night. Yeah, yeah. That shot that Steph made from uh, the other free throw line. Yeah. yeah. I think that was it. That was memorable. We've got about two minutes to go here. J.D. and Covey with you. 117-107 Warriors. Uh, get the win. Uh, Jonas Jerebko, big-time night for him, 18 points, 14 in the second quarter, 13th time in double figures this season, first time uh, since December 22nd, 22nd which yeah. you had mentioned uh, earlier uh, in the program as well, breaking it down. Hasn't played a lot. Do you think they could find more minutes for, for Jerebko? I think it's going to be tough, but Steve Kerr's always good about second night of a back-to-back. He he looks for ways to do it, even if he can't always do it. Yeah, Steve Kerr understands the plight of the bench player better than most coaches. Jarebko, though, just his rotations defensively, I'd like to see him just a little bit more awareness there. That's yeah. how you really earn Steve Kerr's trust yeah. uh, in, in playing meaningful minutes. No, it's <laughs> not, but I, I think it was good for him to, to just get something positive and just start to contribute to the team again, because it's easy you know, when you're in this top-heavy team 
team of just so much star power, kind of easy to get lost in the rotation and just to have these moments. I felt like early in the year, he was making his mark and he was routinely having double figure games. It was, you know, he was having moments. And since the turn of the year, we haven't seen that for Jarebko. The beautiful thing is there's still time to get that right. And uh, Kerr will put him in those positions to succeed. If he continues to play well, it'll just be a matter of can he deliver. All right. Warriors went at 117 to 107. That's going to do it for us. The big question now will be, can the Warriors take this positive momentum that they've established on the road and play with that level of purpose on the home floor with Indiana and Dallas and Detroit coming in. I mean, Indiana has been the quintessential game that they'd come back off this trip and, and get run out. Right. And, and Indiana's just the kind of team that, you know, especially since they've lost Dillard Depot where they've batten down the hatches and they give you a good 48. So I'm done, uh, you know, saying the Warriors are back. All right, Kovey, you're sticking around. Oh, yeah, baby. Joe Shasky, Butcher Boy, he's coming in here. You guys got the next three hours coming. So 888-957-9570. Line it up uh, for them, for Alex Scott, and for Nash, and for everybody. Warriors win tonight, thanks to one and all. 117-107. You heard it on 95.7 The Game. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.